Welcome into the A to Z Fantasy Football Podcast. This is your host, Zach Householder. Thanks for tuning in. Skiddly dat, 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 dat. Ski pop pop. Matt's not hot. Never hot. Welcome into episode four of the A to Z Fantasy Football Podcast. Tonight, we're going to do a mulligan of episode two, where I attempted to do a mock draft for a 12-team league, and episode two had some real, real jacked up ADP data, so I was getting like Antonio Brown in the fourth round and Todd Gurley in the eighth round. Like It was all out of whack, so Sleeper recently announced that they updated their ADP data, so I did a couple mocks throughout the week and found that they were a lot more realistic to what we're gonna see come draft day. And obviously, as I iterated in the, um, or as I kind of pressed home in episode two, uh, ADP data is subject to change throughout the off season. So um, this isn't where players are gonna end up or where they're gonna be drafted in August, but right now we can see what the current trends are. And you can kind of get an idea of where you're gonna to need to draft certain players and then if you have a guy significantly higher ranked than he's going right now, then you can adjust for that and kind of see if he's going to be a value or if he's going to be um, someone that's going to be a little too rich for your blood come draft day. So mock drafting is a good strategy to start preparing for your leagues. And yeah, we're going to hop into it. Alex is joining me again tonight. Al, what's up, how you what's doing? up, what's up, what's up? Dude, how, how has your day been? Check, check, Mike, the check, check, check too. Here we it's go, been pretty man. good, man. Not a lot. It's been a uh, was an early rise, but here we are. Yeah, I had a late night, early rise this morning. Went up, saw my uh, my mom, and got a bunch of groceries. So that's been nice. But, Where was the pops? Uh, dude, pops is in the midst of a Costco boycott, so I think that might have something to do with it. But he also something that's very interesting. Boycott masks. Uh, so. Um, he also had to take one of our dogs to a grooming appointment. So only saw mom today, but it was nice to see the parents nonetheless. So yeah, we'll go ahead and kind of lay out the format tonight. It's going to be the same league. So in episode two, I drafted my team for the league that Alex and I play in together. It's a 12 team half PPR redraft league. There's one keeper and the situation we're going to run through and I'm going to lay out again is last year when we drafted and we had our keeper the first two rounds of this draft are linear meaning the player who picks at 1.1 also picks at 2.1 it doesn't snake so uh, usually in a snake you're going to see 1.1 be 2.12 in a 12 team league Uh, so 1.1 is 2.1 for the first two rounds and then it starts to snake so we're going to go no keepers just to start blank and see what we can build Alex is going to be drafting from 1.2 because he absolutely got throttled last year in this league and got second to last. Didn't get last. <laughs> and I'm going to be drafting from 1.10. I had a super team that got shafted in the playoffs and I ended up in third place. So we'll go ahead and move into this draft. I want to lay out our roster or scenario here. We're going to have one quarterback, one running back, two wide receivers, one tight end, two flex, kicker and defense. 
That's our starting lineup, and then there's five bench spots. So we're gonna run through our picks, explain why we're picking, um, see where everyone's kind of falling in line, and see what kind of teams we can build starting from scratch in a 12-team redraft league. We'll go ahead and jump into that for you guys. I think it's uh, worth noting that this is the 11th year that this league has been around. This is the 11th year, and I think, what have I been at, four or five years now? This might be, be be my fifth year. Yeah. So this is the first league. This is actually the first league I played fantasy football in. And Al is a big reason that I am. I started this bad boy sophomore year of high school after yeah. my uh, my cousin's ex-boyfriend kicked me out because apparently <laughs> I did too good. So, yeah, you're getting some expert analysis here. Um, yeah, Al is one of the big reasons why fantasy football has become such a big part of my life, I guess. I don't know. I don't want to say it. I'm obsessed with it, but I do think about it quite often and into the point where we started this show. So, um, yeah, this was my first league and my first experience with fantasy football. And it's a super fun. It's been super fun. I'm glad to be still a part of this league. So we just lost two guys. Oh, they both out. RIP. All right. We got two open spots in this league. It's a family league. So, um, RIP and peace. We're going to have to fill those in, but yeah, we'll, we'll get it together. Anyways, we're going to go ahead and jump in. Again, Alex is drafting from 1.2, and I'll be drafting from 110. No keepers selected, so we'll see what kind of teams we can build here. All right, we're going to get the draft started. Alex is at 102. As we move through the draft, we'll kind of recap who we're working, like who we're choosing between, who went before, who we think is going to go after, if we can reach on a player, if he might fall to the next round. We'll give you pick-by-pick analysis of who we're taking and why. So I'll get this draft started, and Alex is on the board at 102, so he will kick us off here. So Christian McCaffrey goes first. Typically I like to go uh, running back in the first round just because it's a position where uh, I just feel like there's far and few – you know, picks that are real game changers. Mm-hmm. So I like to get my running backs early. Um, so really I have the pick of a litter. Christian McCaffrey's off the board. So, I mean, Saquon's just a tough one to turn down with his abilities in the run game and the yeah. pass game. I think Saquon. To, you know, like Zeke. Zeke's a pretty good option. Um, he got his contract that he wanted, so he'll, he'll – He'll be around for a full season. There won't be as much drama. Um, the fact that Des- Dak Prescott hasn't figured out his life yet and turns down $170 million <laughs> isn't crazy. It isn't super um, encouraging yeah, for his so, future in Dallas. So I think uh, with this pick, I'm going to go Saquon. Yeah, I have just because I think, I think he is the offense. Yeah, I have Saquon as my RB1 this year which isn't like super hot, but. And just to know what I was saying about that, the first five picks were running backs and then Tyree kill. So, I mean, running backs early are important. Mm, yeah. So what's impressive though, is Josh Jacobs went one five. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to loop back around to the idea that this is a mock draft and like we're utilizing sleeper and I really have grown to appreciate sleeper as kind of an all inclusive fantasy interface. And I'm sure like sleeper is, one that everyone is familiar with by now. Um, a couple of years ago, I'd never heard of Sleeper, but I downloaded it for the news. And their news breaks quicker than any other news, like even faster than Twitter. So, um, yeah, so we're utilizing Sleeper, and they just updated their ADP data. So everything is up to date now. And that being said, um, these mock drafts, you're going to see different players go at different places every time. 
So there was like a huge run. The first six picks were running backs here, but I've seen Zeke go first and like Michael Thomas go as soon as fifth. Uh, Michael Thomas actually just went at 1.9 and in previous mocks, I've gotten him at 1.10. So um, I'm going to have to think a little harder here in terms of who I want. Um, DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver on the board in ADP data. I like Devontae Adams personally this year better than um, Hopkins given the, the team change. You don't feel like that's a homer pick? Uh, it's a total homer pick. I'm a Packers fan. I'll give him that. But with the Packers passing on wide receivers in this year's draft class, like Devontae Adams has a realistic shot to see like 180 targets this year, given he stays healthy. Um, Rodgers is going to throw the ball to him regardless. And, and Nemius is back. The EQ is one of my favorite deep sleepers of the year because I think the, the wide receiver two spot on that team is more open, but I don't need to draft Equinemius at 110. So I'll take the, the guarantee if I'm going to pick Adams here, which I don't know if I am yet because I like Joe Mixon a lot this year too. So similar to Alex, I like to get my running backs first. And as we've seen with the mid-round wide receivers in like rounds four through 10, really, you can get really good value at wide receivers in the 10th round if you're looking at the right team situation. So I think I'm going to take Joe Mixon here because I like his talent and I like his uptick that I expect him to see in usage this year. And I, I it's going to be tough to pass on players like Hopkins and Adams, but I pick again here in like four or five picks. So I'm sure one of these guys that I like is still going to be available. So I'll take Mixon here and see who falls to me at 2.3. So Mixon is my pick. Hopkins went right after Adams went at uh, 112. Then we saw Aaron Jones and Nick Chubb go with the first two picks of the uh, second round. So I am looking here at Mixon is my running back one. And the top players on the board here, Julio Jones, Mahomes, which is very rich for a quarterback. You have Chris Godwin. And Lamar Jackson, Miles Sanders. So, Al, let's talk about Miles Sanders. We talked about him just before we got on the pod. Um, Miles Sanders is gaining so much hype that I feel like players are drafting him as if we've already seen him put up an RB1 season. So, yeah, I love the talent of Miles Sanders, but he's being ranked by so many people as like RB8, like a top 10 locked in running back one this year. And here I am at 2.3. And I, I, something feels wrong about me taking Miles Sanders at this pick. So. I, I mean, he hasn't done anything to prove his worth to be any higher than the fifth round. The fifth, I think, I think he's higher than the fifth round. Like, he's very, very talented. And he's go, like, he's the best running back on the team. But my problem is with the Eagles, we've never seen them commit to one running back. See, I mean, that's, that's probably the reason why I wouldn't take him any higher than the fifth round. So, yeah, so he's really pretty much off the board. I don't really board. want a guy that's going to be split in time. Yeah. Well, see, I would argue there, like, so I love, love Alvin Kamara. Like, arguably my favorite player in the NFL. Like, I love the person that Kamara is off the field. He's a fantastic human being, and he is electric on the football field. One of my favorite players to watch. Um, I have three jerseys, and one of them is a signed Alvin Kamara jersey I got off pristine auction, which... I, I love that jersey. So I'm a Packers fan, but my my first jersey I ever bought was Alvin Kamara, um, which speaks to my lack of, I guess, fandom or maybe just the fact that I'm too cheap to buy NFL jerseys. So, But I did splurge on a, a Kamara jersey, and it's signed, and I love that jersey. But 
there's another running back there we see split time and his talent just leads to efficiency which leads to production which leads to fantasy finishes and we're basically looking at sanders here as like we're saying that he's that good and i think he he's very productive in his rookie year he put up really prolific numbers for a rookie i forget the exact combination of stats but he's in some elite company with those numbers so i get the hype i just feel like the ranking of sanders being here at like the top of the second round where i feel he's better equipped to be like the back of the second round. Um, And like Alex said, like he's going to be sharing time with another running back or even two other running backs because the Eagles love to just like clump up their backfield for some reason, even though they have a guy like Miles Sanders, super talented. Like in college, he went to Penn State and he was stuck behind Saquon Barkley. So we can't really fault him for his lack of college production. And he showed he was good in the NFL. But I think at 2.3, you're drafting him at a ceiling. And typically, like I said, I'm a guy that goes running back early. I don't think I can take him here. So um, what do you you think of Sanders? Like fifth round basically means you're not going to get him because he's going to go in the top two or three rounds. And I'm right. I personally wouldn't want Miles Sanders on my team. Yeah. And I don't think – I mean, I like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire a lot, and I just got him in our dynasty league. And, I mean, he's going to be a running back by committee type of guy too. Yeah, you can get a little bit later. But I think it all depends what role in that committee they play if whether or not they'll be ideal to return value. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get players, um, one doesn't instantly come to head and come to my mind, like Eric Blunt kind of, but I mean, you saw the Patriots use him all over the place, but like, if you get one, that's a goal line guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, that could pay off. Yeah. And that's where I'm going to get a lot of yards. He's not even guaranteed to get a touchdown every game. It's going to have the opportunity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you get a guy that's pretty much only used in the passing game, similar to Hines for the Colts, I I mean, not really someone that you use a lot, maybe during a bye week, bye week in a flex position. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it just depends on where they, where they lie in the committee. Yeah. I think what what their role is on the team. Yeah. And I just don't think Sanders has defined his position on that team to be a second round, third round guy. Fourth, yeah. you I guess you can make a case for fourth, but I personally I'm not in on I've s- Sanders. I've seen him as high as like RB eight overall or RB six overall in fantasy finish. So you're looking at him in the same breath as like Dalvin Cook and Zeke, you know. And I don't think we've seen that out of him yet. So. Yeah, the Miles Sanders hype this early in the offseason, like I get it's offseason and we're looking for stuff to talk about. I think Miles Sanders is a really, really good player. So I'm not bashing Sanders, but I think at the top of the second round, like I'm going to not have any shares of Sanders here. And it'll depend. Like, So this is a, a, a repeating league where you pick where, like the opposite of where you finished last year. So I pick at 10 um, because I finished third. And But if it's like a random start, like where I end up in the middle of the round and I can pull Sanders in like the middle of the second round. I'm much more apt to do that. So with this pick, I'm actually going to take Chris Godwin. So again, Chris Godwin is a guy I got last year in like the fourth or fifth round and he absolutely broke out. And I feel like that's where I strike gold the most is with the breakout wide receiver. And I know Godwin here at 2.3, you're basically counting on him to hit again. And I, think that Godwin is so talented and with the the quarterback change he fits into Brady's system and scheme better than he did for Jameis and we've seen the Bucks come out and say that they're going to run a lot of 12 personnel which is two tight end sets 
So we saw Godwin. A lot of people think that he like succeeds in the slot. He is a stud on the outside as well. So it's going to be Evans and Godwin on the outside. And Godwin's a guy you can move around. Like He doesn't have to exclusively line up on the outside. Um, and that's not to say they're going to run 12 personnel every single snap. So Godwin's so versatile. He's so talented. Um, I personally have Godwin as my dynasty wide receiver one because of his age. He's only 24. So you got Michael Thomas locked in there at one for a lot of people, but he's 27. So um, I love Godwin. And I'm going to take him here expecting – a top five wide receiver finish again this year. I think he's that good. So I think it's realistic. You do or don't? I do. Yeah. I, I love Godwin. I think he's going to be a, a stud for Tampa for years, for years to come. Tommy 12 throwing the ball. Yeah, TB12. So Tampa Bay. But, yeah, Chris Godwin, yeah, he's my pick here. All right, we are rolling back to Alex's pick here. That was a long pick or a long discussion for the uh, – the second round, but yeah, Miles Sanders has been a very polarizing name this offseason, so I wanted to make sure we got some some commentary there. You saw your top two quarterbacks go too. Yeah, so getting back to Alex's pick, we saw I took Godwin at two point three, and at two point four, Julio Jones. Then we saw Mahomes and Jackson go back to back. Travis Kelsey, Miles Sanders at two point eight, and there's there's a range where I'm okay with Sanders being was taken. Uh, personally, I know you said that he's like a, a fifth or fourth round pick. I don't think he's that low, and he will not fall that low. So do not count on Miles Sanders falling into the fourth or fifth round. You might as well just count on not getting him. But in the mid to late second round, I think he could return value there. His upside absolutely is top 10, but everything has to go right, and he has to get that work. And with the team still actively pursuing another running back for the roster, I don't think that's a guarantee. So uh, Miles Sanders was sandwiched in between Travis Kelsey and George Kittle, and then Mike Evans went right before Alex's pick at two point or two point eleven. So Al, who are you looking at here? So since I have the pick, the two point eleven pick, um, and this is a snake draft, I will pick again in three picks. So running backs early again, my thing. Um, there's still some decent running backs on this on this board, so I am going to take. Austin Eckler, who I feel is another one who that offense, whether it's Tyrod Taylor or um, the rookie, what's his face? Josh, Joshua Kelly? No, that's not right. The rookie. Oh, uh, sorry. I was thinking the, the running back they took. Morgan. Justin Herbert. Yeah, yeah Justin yeah. Herbert. Whether it's him, either quarterback, the I just feel like Austin Eckler is going to get a lot of looks this season. Yeah. So, so I have a question. Keep that, keep that in mind with Austin Eckler. Yeah, I have a He's question. He's going to get in the passing game and the rushing game. He he can do them both. Yeah, I have a question uh, with the Eckler pick. Is what is your difference between Sanders and Eckler? Because I feel like from a skill set perspective, they're pretty similar in the fact they offer a lot of receiving upside, but they also share the field. And last year we saw Eckler share the field with Melvin Gordon once he decided to end his holdout, and Eckler still finished as a RB one. Um, and he, keep in mind that also Eckler, I mean, they also have Justin Jackson. Yeah. Justin Jackson and they drafted the rookie at UCLA. Not a slump, so. So, so yeah, but Eckler is going to be another guy sharing time. And I feel like you were totally out on Sanders, but in on Eckler, mm-hmm. could you explain the difference here? Is it just because we've seen Eckler do it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'll be completely honest. Okay. It's because Eckler has proven himself. Miles, I don't think Miles Sanders has. Okay. That's totally fair. And, and like, Eckler, Eckler did it for a full season. Uh, even his rookie season, you saw him get a fair amount of action. But, yeah. And Miles Sanders, you know, it took Jordan Howard to uh, get hurt for Miles Sanders to be 
somewhat of a credible running back last year in fantasy football. Well, I mean, like you said, he had some some pretty prolific numbers as a rookie and is in very small company. But I mean, Miles Sanders just hasn't, to me, proven. Okay, so I have a question here. So I know we're doing a redraft draft in Dynasty. Would you take Eckler or Sanders? Uh, Eckler is 25 in and Sanders is 23. Yeah, who would you rather have in Dynasty? Players with very similar skill sets. Um, one is two years older, but we've seen him do it, and that's Eckler. And then Sanders has all the potential in the world, but we haven't seen him fully lock in that he can be the guy that the team just totally revolves around like we saw with Eckler last year. And granted, Eckler has like wide receivers like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams to help him out. So um, who would you rather have in Dynasty? I think I'd rather have Eckler. Really? Okay. Yeah. Just go with the guaranteed thing. Yeah. I mean, it's he's proven he can do it. Um, Like you said, he's got wide receivers that can help him. Quarterback, you don't know yet. But Mm -hmm. the Eagles as a team uh, do – I mean, they raise questions. They can be good sometimes. They have a really talented roster, but then they're always hurt, like seriously hurt every time. So if they can put together a healthy season, we can see a really good playoff run out of them. But who knows if that's going to happen. We've seen Carson Wentz be really inconsistent with his his injuries and availability. So And running backs have such a small window mm-hmm. of an opportunity to yeah, be that first good contract. in the league. Yeah, and we just saw Eckler sign an extension with the Chargers. Mm-hmm. So they really believe in this guy. That being said, um, he he offers more, I think, as a receiver than as like an in-between-the-tackles runner. But if that's how they use him, he's going to be great. And I think Sanders I think Sanders is a little bit more versatile. I think he's a better runner and just as good of a receiver. So I would side with Sanders because of the youth. I would take the upside in Sanders as opposed to Eckler, who has a lot of upside, but you're getting a couple more years out of Sanders than you are Eckler at this point. But I think the players are really close and worth a, uh, a conversation. So let's go ahead, hop into round three. So we saw Kenny and Drake go at 212 and Leonard Fournette at 3.1. So Alex, you're on the board again. So now with my third pick, um, uh, I'd like to switch it up and move on to wide receiver. Um, right now you, kinda, you see Kenny Galladay, Adam Thielen, Amari Cooper, Cooper Cup, A.J. Brown. Uh, those are just kind of the first ones on the board. Um, honestly, I think any of them are probably solid picks. Amari Cooper kind of raises some concerns just mm-hmm. because they drafted C.D. Lamb. Um, Michael you, Gallup had a good year last year, too. Yeah, and so. you just don't know which one of those wide receivers is going to be kind of faded out, um, even though Amari Cooper did just get paid. Yeah, which but uh, they have an out on his contract after the 2021 season, so he signed a five-year con- deal. Which is concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, for Cooper, yeah. but in redraft, that doesn't matter. You're looking year to year and yeah. a, a one year window. Cooper still could be valuable to this team because of the money that they're going to be paying him. So, um, Kenny Galladay, uh, pretty solid option. Uh, and, and again, it just depends quarterback wise, which I'm pretty sure. I think with Stafford, his ceiling is like a wider, like a top five guy. Yeah. And we saw him finish the wide receiver six with half a season of Stafford last year. Yeah. So if Stafford's healthy for a full year, like Galladay could pop off and be like that next big breakout like we saw with Godwin last year. Um, I think the skill sets are different. Galladay is a bigger, more contested catch where Galladay, or uh, Godwin's a little bit more versatile, route running, and also good at the contested catch. But Galladay, I think, led wide receivers in touchdowns last year. So I'll be honest. Dangerous in the red zone. Not going with either of them. 
Okay. The so the pick here, if I'm in a redraft league, I need somebody who can do it and can do it now because I am here to win and I'm here to win now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that guy's Cooper Cup. He, wow. Yeah. Okay. He um, has proven himself with uh, that offense and is kind of made. A, 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 he cemented himself as yeah. like one of Gof, or Goff's favorite yeah. reads. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Go ahead. One game, didn't he? I think he had well, last season he had like four touchdowns or something. Uh, I don't recall that game, but I know against the or Bengals, maybe that was the game. I guess the Bengals. The he went before. for like two hundred twenty yards on yeah. seven receptions or something. It was crazy. And he now that Brandon them. Cooks is out, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, Cooks is gone. It's Cooper gonna be, Cup and Robert Woods are yeah. gonna are gonna see a fair share of Brandon Cooks's looks. Yeah, I like I like the the Cooper Cup pick. Uh, Alex has selected Cooper Cup at three two. One thing that gives me pause with Cooper Cup is the second half of the year he declines so badly, and we saw that the Rams changed their offensive scheme to incorporate the running back more, so they ran a lot more two tight end, which is when you saw Tyler Higby break out. Um, Gerald Everett had his moments, but Tyler Higby ended up being the breakout that also got the contract extension in the off season. Um, Cooper Cup gives me a little bit of pause. Just because we saw once they switched that offensive scheme, he his production took a dive. But the first half of the year, he was electric. Like he was one of the top three or four wide receivers consistently, just putting up insane numbers. So if we see Cooper Cup kind of adapt to the offense in the, the 12 personnel, two tight end um, system, he could be very good because golf trusts him. And it's a high octane offense run by Sean McVay. So I like his potential, but I think at 3-2, it's a little rich for me personally, but I understand the pick for sure because his upside is super high because we've, we've seen him produce. He just does most of his damage out of the slot, which I don't know if we're going to see a lot of slot work from Cooper Cup this year. Um, but if they move him around or if he kind of expands his his toolbox to, to the outside a little bit more, he could be a, a really good pick with some high upside here in the third round. So – after Cooper Cup at 3-2, Melvin Gordon, Kenny Galladay at 3-4, James Conner, Adam Thielen, Lev Bell, Amari Cooper, and then Calvin Ridley went at 3-9, and that's honestly who I wanted to fall to me. Um, it's been a lot of talk of Calvin Ridley being this year's Chris Godwin, and I don't know if I totally buy like wide receiver two upside finish. I think Ridley is amazing, but I think when we looked at Godwin last year, we saw Julio Jones or we saw Mike Evans and Mike Evans has a way slimmer skill set than Julio Jones. So Godwin behind Evans is not the same as Ridley behind Julio. And while Julio is still putting up years that he is where he's getting over a thousand yards and 150 to 170 targets, like I don't think the upside there for Ridley is the same as we saw for Godwin last year. But that being said, I think Ridley's a very, very talented player. And I think, once Julio is gone, he's absolutely got wide receiver one all over him. Like he could be that guy, but until Julio shows us a decline in his play, which and he's 31, it could be this year. Um, I don't think Ridley's upside is Godwin, like Godwin level breakout from 2019. So I would have liked Ridley at 310 because I think it's good value with the upside, but uh, I'm not too upset that I'm not going to have to to make that choice here. So I am now picking, I have Joe Mixon and Chris Godwin. 
I'm now going to pick between uh, – I'm probably going to look at here at a running back because I want to get that position solidified. And, again, I pick here shortly. So there's a guy that could fall for me here. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and take – man, this is tough. I thought I had it locked down. So Chris Carson's at the top of the board and Devin Singletary's right after. And those are two guys with too many question marks for me. Um, AJ Brown at the back of the third. I, I actually like the value there. So I'm going to take AJ Brown here. I know I said running back when I'm getting my second wide receiver. A guy that absolutely went off last year at the end of the year and see who falls to me. And that's exactly what I wanted to happen. So I was thinking about taking Clyde Edwards-Alaire at 310 and he has fallen to me at 4-3. So I'm going to take him here at 4.3 the rookie for the kansas city chiefs taken in the first round yeah i am ecstatic that he fell here i think he has like top 15 upside in year one so as my running back too i'm so happy to have him so alex is back on the board here 4.11 who are you taking i think let me just give this a pruse Um, seeing how I went uh, running back in the first two rounds, wide receiver, and then I pick again in the uh, in three more picks. Mm, I think I'm going to go wide receiver again. Okay. Um, you see people on the board like uh, Allen Robinson, Debo Samuel, Robert Woods, DJ Shark, Shark, Juju. Um. And I think with that being said, Debo Samuel, I feel like, is a guy who can really lead that 49ers offense. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I, I would have personally taken Robinson, but he's still on the board here at 5'2". Robinson had a breakout year, I think, last year. Not really a breakout because he broke out a few years back with Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. But with Trubisky as his quarterback, he the core the quarterback stud. play there. Is it's such a question mark. Trash. But Robinson showed he could overcome that. So the fact yeah. he's still on the board here at five with this updated ADP data that we're working with, I'm kind of shocked by that. So who are you taking here at five point two? See, this is where it gets a little bit risque. Only, and I think I'm only taking him because I know he won't make it back. Um, but I'm going running back again, and I'm taking Jonathan Taylor. Wow. Okay. At 5.2, taking the Colts rookie off the board. And I want to remind you all, Alex is a huge Colts fan. But at 5.2... I wouldn't say that I was taking him because I'm a Colts fan. I'm taking him because... The upside. I, I, yeah, the upside undeniable. is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And I, he would not have made it back to me in the sixth round. So, that I I mean, sometimes you got to take... You got to... You got to risk it for the biscuit, yeah. and Jonathan Taylor was one of those picks. I didn't see where he was ranked at or stacked up on the overall running back ranking, so he could have made it back. I can't tell, but it, in the fifth round, getting a running back with his talent and his upside and his straight-up ability to be the workhorse, I love everything about Jonathan Taylor, the player. I think he's going to be a dream fit for the Colts offense. I took him at 1.01 in Dynasty Leagues everywhere I could. Um, I took him. At, I got him at 1.02 in another dynasty league. So yeah, Taylor is an absolute beast. So uh, I like that pick. 
as your third running back. So he's going to be a guy plugging in your flex. You have Saquon Barkley and Austin Eckler, and now you have Jonathan Taylor as a guy that you can just flex or leave on your bench until he takes over that job, which yep. I think is inevitable. So I'm on the clock here at 5'10", and DJ Moore is at the top of my board, and DJ Moore is going to be my pick. Uh, the dude is primed for more touchdowns this year, and I think he could absolutely repeat or add on to his yardage from last year. He had over 1,100 yards. He only had four touchdowns with Kyle Allen as his quarterback. So the Panthers have brought in Teddy Bridgewater, who proved to be competent enough to win all of his starts in New Orleans when Drew Brees was hurt last year. And Teddy Bridgewater kind of locked in on Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara. So he's going to have kind of a Michael Thomas light. Like I'm not comparing DJ more to Michael Thomas, but he's clearly the best wide receiver on that team. And he is that short to intermediate route guy as well as the ability to win deep. So DJ Moore can kind of do it all. He's very young. So he's a great, great asset in dynasty. And then Christian McCaffrey is an upgrade over Alvin Kamara. I know Alvin Kamara is my favorite player in the NFL right now, probably, but Christian McCaffrey is just a machine. Um, 1.01 and for a very good reason. That being said, I'm going to take DJ Moore here and lock down my wide receiver core. I think DJ Moore could finish ahead of AJ Brown, who was my third round pick. So DJ Moore is my pick here, and we'll see who snakes back around. Kareem Hunt went at 6.1, and that's very interesting to me. Um, I don't know how I feel about it, but... I kind of seems rather early. Yeah, especially with Nick Chubb being the kind of player he is. So in the sixth round here at 6.3, I th- the board has thinned out significantly. Um, I'm looking at Darren Waller as the best available player at current ADP. And this year at tight end, I have a few guys I'm looking at late. Um, Dak Prescott is second on the board, but I'm not going to take a quarterback in the sixth round yet. Um, Terry McLaurin is the name that jumps out to me, or Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry's been super consistent. We talked on the last episode about how underrated Jarvis Landry is as a player. He's been, he just delivers every year and in usually bad situations. But I love Terry McLaurin this year because he's the clear, like, best player on that offense. Oh, like, like we player. did last year as a rookie. Yeah, like he absolutely broke out. And he was one of those guys that kind of came out of nowhere, like a wide receiver no one was talking about in the draft. And he absolutely made a name for himself. So due to the lack of like established weapons, like the, the Redskins drafted Antonio Gandy Golden, who's a great prospect, but he played a really small school and he's got a lot of like proving it to do. So I think Terry McLaurin, is going to be a guy that could, he's going to demand targets in the offense and he's, he showed he can do it. So I'm going to take him here. He's going to be my fourth wide receiver and my wide receivers are absolutely stacked. That being said, I'm very thin at running back, which I typically don't like. But I don't see guys here that I'm willing to take a chance on and pass on a guy like Terry McLaurin for. So um, Marlon Mack is the best available running back. And Jonathan Taylor, I think, is just a better player. So it's going to be a matter of time before he loses that job. And in the sixth round, to get a player with Terry McLaurin's upside, I take that over a rental of Marlon Mack for the first few weeks of the season. So that's just me personally. So Terry McLaurin's off the board at 6.3. And we're rolling back through to Alex's pick. At 6.11, so we've seen Dak Prescott go, Darius Geis, Cortland Sutton, Marlon Mack, Darren Waller, Jarvis Landry, and Carrion Johnson at 6.10, and Alex on the board. So, I'm not going to lie, Darren Waller, the guy I was going to go after. Um, 
I've kind of locked it down at running back, so I feel like my focus needs to be wide receiver, tight end, quarterback, the pretty much the rest of the team. Um, so tight end in the sixth round is the position I was going to go with. That being said, uh, my pick is now gone. I'm looking at running backs, which I don't really need, but it would be nice for depth. Yeah, um, injuries, bye weeks, stuff like that. Um, Sony Michelle. Uh, Damian Williams, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, Ronald Jones are just the first few on the board. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm not really impressed with any of them. DeAndre Swift would be the one that I I would be interested in. However, um, as a rookie behind Mark Ingram, um, I'm not going to lock myself into that quite yet. So I'm going to hop over to wide receiver, the first name on the board, Marquise Brown. That's the one I gotta go with. I love Marquise Brown this year. In uh, the sixth, the back of the sixth round, which yeah. I don't know if that's going to be his draft day ADP, but he is absolutely electric, and he played his entire rookie year injured. So if he's healthy, he is an absolute stud. He's a good route runner. He's got breakaway speed. Um, he's a name I really like. So that's a really good pick in the sixth round. So you're back on the board at seven point two. Who do you got now? Um, and so, I mean, the, the two people who left the board were Michael Gallup and Tyler Boyd. Um, so that just kind of slims out the wide receiver position a little bit. And now I know you're, you're, uh, you're a late, late quarterback picker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of a middle of the draft guy. So this okay. will be about the time that I start eyeing quarterbacks. Okay. Um, Aaron Rodgers, Josh Allen, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, just, uh, some of the first ones yeah. up there. Again, this is a redraft league, so age doesn't matter. It's age, not yeah, consideration. Age doesn't really matter. Um, I won't lie, though. Aaron Rodgers, uh, pretty dependable pick. You know what you're what you're going to get out of that. Not last year, he but, sucked last year in fantasy from a fantasy perspective. They won 13 games, but it was on the back of Aaron Jones' 19 touchdowns. So yeah, we have Josh Allen sitting there, who dual threat, yeah, versatile, I'm, yeah. I mean, got Stephon Diggs. Um, had a very successful season last year. You didn't John, get Diggs. What? You don't have Diggs in this I draft. don't have Diggs. Josh Allen got okay. Diggs. Okay, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, and then he was very, you know, he had good connections with John Brown, mm-hmm. um, that short little white guy from Dallas. Cole Beasley. Yeah, Cole Beasley. Um, Devin Singletary kind of came in as a running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has, he has weapons, so um, – Josh Allen, your pick? Josh Allen's my pick. 7-2, Josh Allen. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers went right after. Matt Ryan went right after. So we saw a run at quarterbacks here in the seventh round. You also saw Drew Brees go at 7-6. Yeah, so that slims out my quarterbacks to pick from. So Sony Michelle went after Drew Brees at 7-6. Evan Ingram and Hunter Henry at 8-9, and nine respectively. I'm back on the board at 7-10. I am seeing players. So... Wide receivers are at the top of my board right now, and my wide receiver is currently on my team. And this is an absolute dream. Chris Godwin, A.J. Brown, D.J. Moore, and Terry McLaurin. Like, I don't need to take another receiver in this draft if I don't want to. Uh, Devontae Parker is the top of the board right now. I think Parker had an excellent year, but I've been pretty vocal, quote-unquote, on Twitter about my love for Preston Williams. Uh, I've written a few articles where I've touched on Preston Williams. I think Preston Williams is an absolute beast. Uh, So I'm going to pass on Parker here because you saw Parker not really be 
what he was until after Preston Williams got injured. So I'm going to look to add some depth to my running back because I only have two running backs uh, at this point in the seventh round, the back of the seventh round. So I typically like to have at least three by now. So I'm going to look here for running back. And the first available running backs, we have our playoff Damian and DeAndre Swift and Cam Akers. So I'm going to take Akers because I think he's going to be the leader of the committee there in LA. So McVay has already said he wants to utilize the three backs, Akers, Henderson, and Malcolm Brown. But I think Akers is the most talented player. I think Henderson has a role as a pass catcher there as a third down back. But again, that's a role that Akers can do. So he, out of the three, has the most likely potential to be a workhorse in the NFL. And he's already used to playing behind a total shit offensive line because that's what he dealt with at Florida State for his whole career there. So the Rams have one of the worst all lines in the league and Akers is going to feel right at home. Uh, he's a very, very talented player. I think McVay is going to use him really well, especially in that 12 personnel. That's where we saw Todd Gurley start to actually return value last year when they switched their offensive scheme. Uh, Damian Williams, I think, is a good player, but with them taking Edwards Alaire in the first round, I'm out and I already have Edwards Alaire on my team. So I don't want the whole KC backfield. I just want what I presume to be the better half of it. Yeah. So I'm going to take Akers here. Any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't need two of the same running running backs on the same team. It'd be nice to have uh, the backfield. Cam, but Cam Akers, though, is going to be the future running back. That team, yeah. Sure. So in Dynasty Leagues, like Cam Akers is being overshadowed by a lot of the, the top names. Jonathan Taylor, Edward Dallaire, Swift, Dobbins. Akers is kind of flying under the radar because his college production wasn't as good because of that offensive line. Like he's a great player. I think he's got tons of potential. Um, so a, a true steal in dynasty, I think where he's being drafted. Usually he's still a first round pick, but he's kind of toward the middle to late first round in dynasty drafts. Um, I just got Akers here at 7.10 and I'm really, really thin at running back. Very, very deep at wide receiver. So Akers is a guy who could be, an RB one for his team, not saying he's going to finish as a top 12 running back, but he could finish in that RB two range, the the 12 to 24 or the 13 to 24 range. So getting him in the back of the seventh round, I'm happy with. So I'm back on the board at eight, three eighth round and players that went after. So playoff Damien, that's Damien Williams. Uh, Troy Aikman called him playoff Damien in the Super Bowl, and it was hilarious. So that's why I call him now. Uh, Devontae Parker at the back of the seventh at seven twelve. Ronald Jones, and then Will Fuller at 8-2. So I'm on the board at 8-3. I'm going to go ahead and take a player we touched on in the last episode as a value running back. They're both on the board. I'm thinking here between James White and J.K. Dobbins. And I'm going to take James White because I think the New England Patriots are going to need like a steady, reliable piece of their offense because – like, if Edelman gets hurt, they don't have a steady, reliable piece outside of James White. Nikhil Harry hasn't proven he can be the guy they drafted him to be. Um, Edelman is going on 32, 33 years old. So he's still good, but he's also aging. He's not going to be the same player he was. So I think James White could be easily the most reliable piece of the offense. So I'm going to take him here at 8.3. DeAndre Swift at 8.4. Tevin Coleman, Matt Breida, J.K. Dobbins. Emmanuel Sanders, Philip Lindsay, John Brown, 810. Alex is on the board at 811. Who are you taking here? Um, so uh, 
wide receiver wise, you see a couple guys on there that kind of stand out. Um, you've kind of touched on him before. I'm gonna take your guy, dude. You're gonna take Deontay. Deontay Johnson. Oh my god. So Alex is coming around to my love for Deontay Johnson. This is my potentially favorite breakout player, and he's not really like he would have been a sleeper like two weeks ago. But I'm trying to just fully let everyone know that he is not a sleeper. He's a stud. And at times last year, I thought he was the best player on the Steelers. I'm kind of pissed that Alex took him at the back of the eighth round. I think it's a little high for Johnson at his current ADP. But I think come draft season, we could see Johnson sneaking into the eighth round or even the seventh round. And I've said it before. I'll say it again. I think he will return value on his draft day ADP, the player, he's a stud. So I love the pick at 811. I would have taken him. I was going to take him with my next pick just so I could talk about him. So you're back on the board at 9.2. Who are you taking here? I really need to take a tight end, but the guy that I'm kind of eyeing and I really want is a little farther down the board. Um, so I'm not going to take him quite yet. So I'm going to return back to the running back position, which, I mean, I I feel like I'm already pretty set on with Saquon, Austin Eckler, and Jonathan Taylor. But I feel like this guy um, will just kind of cap it off and make me feel extremely comfortable, yeah. and that is Keyshawn Bond. Okay, yeah, I like that pick. The rookie that the Buccaneers selected in the third round, he's very productive out of Vanderbilt. He can kind of do it all. He's a good pass protector. And Ronald Jones has been kind of an inconsistent piece. There's been a kind of revival of Ronald Jones truthers coming out. I think Jones is a talented player, but you don't go out and draft a running back in the third round to not use him. So I think there's at least going to be a committee. And at this point in the draft, like Keyshawn Bond, if he emerges as the guy, total steal. So I like that pick. So what what do you see in Bond that made you want to take him? Um, Really, it's just this potential. I mean, uh, Ronald Jones, I don't think is. I mean, if you're splitting time with Peyton Barber, I don't think you're that good. That's a good point. Um, and then the fact that they the offense has kind of stepped it up. I mean, they they got to have some decent offensive linemen now. Tom Brady obviously is there, um, chucking the ball around. Uh, and then it's just. Uh, yeah, all those years in New England, you saw Tom Brady with all of his receiving backs, and Keyshawn Vaughn is one of those guys that can catch the ball. Yeah. That's one of the knocks on Ronald Jones is he's not got the best hands. And yeah. Vaughn does, so he could step right into that role and be one of Brady's favorite targets out of the exactly. backfield. So. And that, that is what kind of draws me to Keyshawn Vaughn. I like that pick. I think with the draft capital, with the team committing to him with that kind of draft capital, he's going to be immediately on the field at the worst as the receiving option there because Peyton Barber's out of town and Dario Gumbawale is there and he's fine. He's a good pass catcher. He's probably the best pass catching, catching back on the team. But I think Keyshawn Vaughn is a more well-rounded player who will be more versatile for that offense. So I like that pick this late in the draft, especially. So between Alex and my pick at 9.10, we saw McCole Hardman, Rob Gronkowski, Carson Wentz, Darius Slayton, Christian Kirk, Marvin Jones, Austin Hooper, and I'm back on the board here. Uh, I have solidified. I 
think my running back position. So I have four wide receivers and four running backs now. I feel safe there. I feel like I have good depth there. All players I could start and feel comfortable with. That being said, you can never have too many running backs. So I'm going to take Alexander Madison. Interesting pick. In my opinion, the best handcuff. And I could make an argument for Tony Pollard as the best handcuff because I think Pollard's really, really good. But we saw Alexander Madison in his rookie year be pretty productive. And there's been some kind of unrest, I guess, with Dalvin Cook's contract situation heading into the year. We saw Melvin Gordon uh, do a holdout last year in L.A., and that gave Austin Eckler the chance to show that he could be the guy. And now he is the guy. So this may... Just to touch on that real yeah. quick, this may be a, a very, I don't know, bad outside view. I think that was the worst thing Melvin Gordon could have done. Oh, absolutely. It blew up in his face because he wanted more money, and then he signed with the Broncos for less money than the Chargers offered him. It so, somewhat worked for Le'Veon Bell. Somewhat. Somewhat. The Steelers offered him more money than he got from New York. Yeah, so but we've not seen holdouts pan out well for running backs. That being said, we I'm not saying Dalvin Cook is going to hold out. But the fact is, he's a guy we've seen get hurt every single year he's been in the NFL. Uh, Last year, he played the majority of the season, like the bulk of the season. And he was electric. So he's obviously, like, when he's healthy, a workhorse. But if he gets hurt, Alexander Madison steps right into that role. And he's a stud. They drafted him in the third round last year. So I'm going to take him here as, I know it's like a little, feels a little early to draft a handcuff. I was going to take Deontay Johnson here, but you took him here in the eighth round. So... That kind of spoiled my plans. Um, but I have another player I'm excited to talk about at the turn. I feel really confident he'll fall to me. So I'm going to add some running back depth here with Alexander Madison. It's kind of a handcuff pick. And if he gets on the field for any reason, he's absolutely capable of returning RB2 numbers as a floor given the Vikings' uh, offensive attack. So Madison here at 9-10. Brady went right after Daryl Henderson at 9-12. Latavius Murray, and then Jordan Howard. And I'm back on the board at 10.3. And I'm going to take my second half breakout wide receiver. I've written about, so I wrote an article for the website regarding the Dallas Cowboys wide receiver situation. A lot of people were kind of locking Michael Gallup in as the number two guy. And given last year, it's not hard to see why. He had a great season. He went over 1,000 yards, had 113 targets. And yeah, he was a great player, but then the Cowboys go and draft CD lamb in the first round as a complete luxury pick. He fell to pick 17. He was my wide receiver one in the draft class ahead of Jerry Judy. And the Cowboys just absolutely stacked at wide receiver. Now I think CD lamb has the talent to be a wide receiver one in the league, like the team's wide receiver one. And with Cooper's contract situation, like CD Lamb in Dynasty is amazing. And you got him in our Dynasty draft with the third overall pick. So you passed on guys like Dobbins and DeAndre Swift to take this wide receiver, which has the most upside out of, I believe, out of the wide receivers in the class. And he could have year one impact. So I'm going to take him here in the 10th round. Because, like I just mentioned, I think he's a second-half breakout candidate where I think his talent will ultimately work him into the offense ahead of Michael Gallup by midseason, maybe even earlier. And with 
the passing volume that Dallas kind of deploys in their offense, he can be on the field week one. He can be on the field week two. And he could be a flex-style player um, right away. So I love the upside of CeeDee Lamb. And now that I've drafted, I believe, a good crew of running backs, I'm going to continue to add wide receiver depth for a player that could be a weekly play come playoff time in our fantasy leagues. So CD Lamb is my pick here at 10.3. Jerry Judy went immediately after him, another rookie for the Denver Broncos. Dang it, dude. So it sounds like Alex wanted him this round. Noah Fant, Baker Mayfield, Mike Williams. We saw a defense go in the 10th round. And Matt Stafford, who I'm pretty bummed about. That was my late round quarterback selection at 10.9. Sterling Shepard and Alex is on the board. 10-11, he got... So this just kind of opens it up for that that quarterback that I was kind of, or not quarterback, tight end that I was kind of waiting out for. Um, I know you and I had kind of had some discussions. Are you taking Hayden Hurst? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We had had some discussions on the obviously before Gronkowski ended up in Tampa Bay. Whether would you want OJ Howard or Hayden Hurst? I've been Hurst since day one. And I've been OJ Howard. Um, however, with some events that have transpired over the past two months, maybe. Um, Hayden Hurst has got to be my guy here. Son of a bitch. Just the way that the Falcons were able to use uh, Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper. Hayden Hurst has an amazing opportunity this year. Yeah, Hayden Hurst. Can, he was going to be my next pick. I don't know if he would have felt to me, but that was the top of my board right there. Hayden, Hayden Hurst. Hurst has so much potential. Yeah. Um, now, with that being said, this league is obviously still one that has a kicker in defense. Yeah, when are we getting rid of that? You're uh, the commish. So no, dude, we will never get rid of it. We're sticking to our old values. Yeah. Um, I just can't even believe you would you would offer that up. But I like our dynasty league without a kicker. So well, good for you. But I'm the commish. You, you there, run that so. league. I'll run ours. <laughs> All right, that's fair enough. And then, but so I mean, you saw San Francisco and go in the last round. I think this is. The 11th, 11 out of 14th round. You're going to have a defense before the last round? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Only because I know they won't be there, and they are one of the best defenses in the league, no matter how bad. New England I, Patriots. I do not like this team, no. Wow, he's passing on the Patriots. I mean, I don't know who this pick is going to be. Let's see it. And the only reason I pass on the Patriots is because a lot of their guys are older. Yeah. And they did lose a couple defensive players. Pittsburgh Steelers. See, yeah, so I, I looked at further down the board and saw the Steelers. I'm like, that has to be it. Because the Steelers, after adding Minka Fitzpatrick, and we saw TJ Watt fully emerge as like a top-tier edge rusher, that's a great defense pick. I wouldn't have picked the defense. I'm not going to take my kicker in defense until the last round. So I only have one more position to add, and that has to be a quarterback. Well, I have two with this pick. So I'm on the board at 11-10, and I'm back on the board at 12-3. So I have to take a quarterback here. I want to fill out a starting roster here for the listeners to see – what are the the kicker defense you target? Um, if I had my choice, I would just pick position players and then drop a couple guys for a kicker and defense later, just so I could have the leverage of having extra positional players. So Matt Stafford, I had previously mentioned, was the guy I wanted. Daniel Jones and Ben Roethlisberger were literally the next two on my list. So... My quarterback is going to be in a tough spot. There are still still a couple names I like, but I'm going to count on one of them falling back to me, and I'm going to take at 11-10 the 
other breakout wide receiver I really like. So you sniped Deontay Johnson for me. And I know you're not in on Preston Williams, uh, the Miami Dolphins, second-year wide receiver. But I had mentioned before, like I had the opportunity to take Devontae Parker, and I passed on Devontae Parker because I think Preston Williams is a huge thorn in the side of Devontae Parker. We didn't see Devontae Parker really do anything of note until Preston Williams got hurt. And if we see Preston Williams healthy in year two, another year in the system, I project Brian Fitzpatrick to at least start the year. And if two is the guy that we think he is, it's going to be an even better situation for Preston Williams. So at 11, 10, I'm going to take one of my favorite breakout candidates for um, 2020 in Preston Williams. So I'm happy with that pick this late, super talented player. That being said, the two quarterbacks I was literally looking at went <laughs> right after I took Preston Williams. So maybe I should have taken the quarterback and then hope Preston Williams fell to me. Um, Let me ask you this, though. Yeah, go ahead. Um, since both of your quarterbacks just kind of fell off the Sadly. board. Kirk Cousins and Jared one, Goff. You were one that took a, a risk on Patty Mahomes, his first year starting. And yeah, in the 10th I mean, round. A lot of people did not think that was going to go well. Yeah. How do you feel about Joe Burrow? So Joe Burrow, actually, that's a good name. And he wasn't like I looked at, I just clicked the quarterbacks and saw Drew Locke was the top and I was pretty much going to take Drew Locke. But now that you bring up the name Joe Burrow, he walks into an immediate starting role. One of the most, the most prolific college seasons we've ever seen. The dude oh, yeah. threw 60 touchdowns. He's a baller. He's a baller. And he's smoking the cigar after he wins the national championship. The dude is a stud. He goes into an offense with weapons like Joe Mixon, A.J. Green, who's healthy, we project, um, to start the year. And we've seen A.J. Green be a top-tier wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, given his age, I don't, I don't think he's going to be that guy anymore. But he's if he's healthy, 30? he's a problem. And he's 31. So Tyler Boyd, I think Auden Tate is a little bit underrated. I picked him up in the dynasty league last year. Had to cut him for bench space. But he was very good when he played. And then we saw the team draft T. Higgins at the top of the second round, and they're saying he's going to start. So that's the reason I cut Auden Tate. But, yeah, I like the potential of Joe Burrow. But I think I'm going to take Drew Locke as my quarterback in this mock draft because – He's been in the league a year. He went four and one and as a starter last year and he, they just loaded him up with weapons. So I'm going to take Drew Locke here and hope that he pans out this year. Again, this is a mock. This is the time where you take chances. So I have no problem taking Drew Locke and just know that my next picks, I'm probably going to talk very little about because they're going to be a kicker in the defense. So Drew Locke is my player here to wrap up my starting lineup. And we'll recap our whole rosters at the end of the draft. So Drew Locke off the board, 12-3. I'm happy with that. Alex is going to be up at 12-11. Between 12-3 and 12-11, we saw Duke Johnson, Alshon Jeffrey, Mike Gesicki, Chicago Bears defense, Tariq Cohen, Golden Tate, and Dallas Goddard. And I just realized I don't have a tight end yet because you took Hayden Hurst. So I'll have to talk about a tight end that I like and just – um, pass on a kicker or a defense for this mock draft. I do I do have an issue to address, um, but I think I'm going to do that in the, in the third round. Not only not only an issue to address my on my team, but an issue to address with you as well. Okay. Um, but with the 11th pick in the 12th round, 
I'm going Justin Jefferson. So this is one of your breakouts that you talked about on the last episode, and I like it. I think he's walking into an excellent situation in Minnesota. First-round pick as well, so they use a lot of draft capital to get him. And he's replacing Stephon Diggs. Yeah. So they traded Diggs away and drafted him in the first round. He's got an excellent opportunity ahead and very talented player as well. I really like the position that he was put into. Yeah. Um, The pick, however, that I am going to do in the third round and the issue that I need to address. Third round or 13th round? 13th. Okay. The issue that I needed to address both team and with you, uh, the whole kicker thing. As a former kicker yourself, collegiate, I don't know why you're so against kickers. So, so that's what a, have they ever done? You are a kicker. That's a good question. Yeah. So I kicked at a D, the Division two college, University of Finley. You still got two years eligibility left. Yeah, I could go back. I thought about grad school here and there. As a kicker, yeah, like I, I think there's more strategy to drafting kickers than like the industry says there is. You just look at like offensive situation, just like you do with any other player who's going to be in the best offensive situation. When you're looking this late in draft, like you take a kicker with your last pick. There's still strategy to that. You're looking for late round flyers. Consider a kicker a late round flyer, I guess. I don't know. But my issue with kickers, I guess, is like I don't think they add enough to your fantasy team. And I absolutely Some hate. Some games can be won or lost see, by a kicker. That's what I was going to say. I hate when like. I go up against an opponent and their kicker scores like 20 points because the offense can't put the Get a damn good kicker and, and the offense can't put the damn ball in the end zone. So the kicker just goes off for like six field goals in a game. That's where your strategy comes into play of drafting a kicker. And yeah, falling back on that, like drafting a kicker, it's just so volatile. Like we talk about volatile players, and kickers are like the most volatile player. They can either get you like four points because they kick four PATs, or they can get you like 20 points because they kick five field goals in a game and. It's just hard to rely on that week in and week out. So that being said, you want to, if you're if you're a league that still plays with kickers, you want to draft a kicker that's tied to an elite offense. So it's it's as simple as that. You don't. That being said, my pick, second pick in the thirteenth round, Justin Tucker. So Tucker is widely regarded as the best kicker. I think he's that. probably the best kickers kicker. Just off the board. Well, it's because we have to have one. So Harrison Butker is my favorite kicker target. I think he's an excellent kicker and with a great name, Butker. Like, Butker. It's, it's made for it, you know? Um, but he's a great player, and he was signed off the practice squad. And So just because I'm not a fan of kickers in fantasy, like, I was a kicker, so I completely support the position. Butker's a great story. He signed off the practice squad to the Chiefs from the Panthers, and now he's a Super Bowl champion. Like, the guy is a stud. So... I like Butker. Now I'm going to save you guys from hearing about any more kickers or defenses because I neglected to draft a tight end. So I'm going to pass on one of those two positions and talk about a tight end that I like as a breakout at this stage in the draft. And Alex actually talked about him on a previous episode. If you haven't listened, check that out. I'm going to take Jonu Smith here. I love his offensive situation and I think he's going to be, uh, a big time we talked in the, the last episode aj brown is the only one head and shoulders above any other pass catcher in the offense so Jonu smith has a real opportunity to be that second receiving target for this titans offense this year so i'm going to take him here as my tight end at 13 10 and i'm just gonna not have a kicker or a defense in this draft and that's my bad so 
So I'm back on the board here at 14-3. Going to switch back here. I'll go ahead and take a kicker or defense. So Harrison Butker is usually the guy I take, and he's already been taken. So I'm going to go to defense here, and I'm going to take the Packers because one of my other favorite players in the league is Darius Smith, and the dude is forever snubbed. He should have been an all-pro last year, should have made the Pro Bowl last year. He's an elite pass rusher, and I'm going to take the Packers defense here. So with my final pick in the draft, um, as I feel like anyone does, you take a, uh, a, a big homer pick, and with me that is going to be Michael Pittman. He's going to be my my last pick. I think he has the abilities and is in a, a pretty good position to oh, great position. At least make a case for a flex uh, a flex position. So yeah, so, Pittman's my pick. Yeah, Alex passed on a defense. I passed on a kicker. That being said, well, I pass on defense. Oh, you, oh, so you filled out your whole team? Oh, I so. took the Steelers. Okay, yeah, I forgot about that. You took him in the eleventh round. So yeah, I, I like Pittman. I like him here and your as your last pick and as it you filled out your whole roster. I don't have a kicker yet. I don't care. I don't have a pick a kicker yet. I'll go through the and find someone. To is ridiculous. Yeah, they're all good. I don't know. I respect the kickers. They're not all the good, dude. They're not all great, but they're all good enough to be kickers. So I mean that being said, if any team needs a the kicker. The Falcons had like four kickers. Hit last me year. up, I'll hop back into training. So yeah, we'll go ahead and recap our rosters for you. And yeah, we'll see what you think of each team. All right, Alex, go ahead and run us through your starting roster and then your bench positions. So my starting positions, uh, quarterback, Josh Allen, running back, Saquon Barkley, wide receiver, Cooper Cup, and Debo Samuel. Uh, tied in, Hayden Hurst. And then in my flex positions, I have Austin Eckler and Jonathan Taylor. Kicker is Justin Tucker. And my defense is uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a good my, starting lineup. Uh, oh, yeah. My bench players are Marquise Brown, Deontay Johnson, Keyshawn Vaughn, Justin Jefferson, and Michael Pittman. Very heavy on the wide receivers. Solid team. So, yeah, I like your roster. Where do you think you're – you're weak and where you're strong what do you think here of your team overall um strength wise i would definitely put my uh, wide receivers i mean my bench alone i think has lots of talent your bench is loaded wide receivers i have i have marquise brown who popped off as a rookie last year while he was Um, injured yeah and then i believe justin jefferson will also be good Mm um yeah my favorite player this year in deontay johnson i think my weak uh weakness is probably my tight end, honestly. And that's you only start one of those. It's not a huge deal. It's just as long as you have a guy you, can, you feel like you can plug in consistently. Yeah. And you have Hayden Hurst, and that's to me slander because I believe in Hayden Hurst. Well, I think, Hayden, I think Hayden Hurst will be good. Yeah, I, I think he's a top eight tight end this year. Hayden Hurst is. I just I don't think you've ever seen him. You haven't seen him produce, exactly. but he has the potential. Exactly. Yeah, I understand that for sure. And it's okay to view him as your weak point. If he's your weak point, that's a good team. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and run through my starting lineup and bench spots. And then, so yeah, so I have Drew Locke as quarterback. Running back one is Joe Mixon. And we only start one running back in this league, so it's a little bit unique to most who start two running backs. Um, two wide receivers, I have Chris Godwin and A.J. Brown as my first drafted wide receivers. Tight end, Jonu Smith. And then my two flex spots, I have Clyde Edwards-Alaire and DJ Moore. 
who I had previously mentioned, I feel like could finish ahead of AJ Brown. So I would view DJ Moore as my wide receiver too. I just got later, um, which is a total value. And I think DJ Moore is going to be a guy I target in every draft this year at that range and maybe even reach for him in the fourth or third round even. Uh, kicker, I forgot about. That's my bad. So I would have to cut one of my bench players to add a kicker. Uh, the defense I have is the Green Bay Packers for the pass rush primarily. I think Rashawn Gary's in for a big second year step. Uh, a lot of people kind of drool over Aaron Donald and for great reason. The dude is an absolute monster. But Rashawn Gary is 6'5", 277 and his footwork and athleticism is next level. So uh, check out his Instagram. His workouts are bananas. And if that dude fails in the NFL, it's not because of a lack of effort or talent. He is unreal. I'm not going to say he's going to be the next Aaron Donald, but I look for him to be a huge second year breakout candidate at the linebacker position for the Packers and just yeah. bolster that pass rush even more. He's a better man than I. He's a beast. So um, my bench is Terry McLaurin, Cam Akers, James White, Alexander Madison, C.D. Lamb and Preston Williams. So if I were to examine my roster, I feel a little bit vulnerable at running back. And I would have liked to take running backs early in our keeper situation where I get to select a player to keep from my previous year. It's going to be Alvin Kamara. So my first round pick is going to be Alvin Kamara. And I'll feel great. Like if I could replace Joe Mixon with Alvin Kamara, I feel like I'm a, a, a league winner this year. I feel that every year. I'm sure you feel the same way. We all feel like we're going to win after the draft. Uh, but I do feel like I'm thin at running back. But the players I have behind my starter, which is Joe Mixon, CEH, who could be the next like Brian Westbrook, according to Andy Reid. And I have Cam Akers, who could be the lead dog there in LA. And James White, who could be kind of who the offense is funneled through in New England. So there's a lot of who could be's there. There's a lot of question marks there. But these are guys that we've seen produced before. So and Alexander Madison is kind of a handcuff and I don't like to have a handcuff on my team for long. So if I had to choose a player to cut for a kicker, it might be Madison, um, but I might keep Madison and cut a guy like Preston Williams, who I believe in, but not a lot of other people do. If Dalvin Cook gets hurt, Preston or Alexander Madison's a running back one. He's like a top 12 guy because he's not gonna finish where Cook would finish. But with the volume he'd receive and the talent he has, he'd probably be like a low-end RB1, given just the opportunity in the offense. So, and we've seen Cook get hurt before. So I think I would drop a guy with less upside and at a position I'm a lot deeper at in wide receiver. Um, I don't need Preston Williams. I just draft him because I like him. So yeah, that's my roster. Um, Alex just recapped his roster. And yeah, on social media, give us a follow at A to Z FFB, Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you think of the teams. Um, let us know who your mid to late round targets are. Who are your locked in studs in the first two rounds? Who are you targeting there? And yeah, let us know what you think of the teams again. And yeah, I'd love to interact with you at A to Z FFB. We're going to be doing a couple giveaways here in the near future. Um, I got a, a bunch of hats made with our logo. And yeah, I'll be posting a, a tweet about that. I'll be posting on Instagram and with the kind of the requirements to be involved in that giveaway. So if you want some free swag, for sure, check that out. We'd appreciate your involvement there. Um, Alex, you got anything to say before we wrap this up? 
subscribe, rate, and review. Yeah, man. Check out our podcast where it's available. We record on Anchor, so it's available on that platform. Posted to Spotify and Google Podcasts or where I primarily listen to podcasts. Um, it's posted a few other places. We'll share those links um, accordingly. So thanks for tuning into this episode of the A to Z Fantasy Football Podcast, and we will see you next time.